sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. A mother's breastfeeding experience changes drastically over time, starting from her child's birth throughout the months of her baby's life. Today we have our final episode in our series called Breastfeeding Expectations. Over 12 months, we have followed three new mothers along their breastfeeding journeys, learning how to cope with breastfeeding challenges, and settle into the breastfeeding rhythm with their babies. Today, these three ladies will reflect on the past 12 months. This is The Boob Group, episode 59. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an international board-certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Boob Group Club. Our members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free app available in the Android and iTunes marketplaces. Well, I would like to introduce for the last time our three lovely panelists. Uh, We have one in the car driving up to L.A. So, Jen, why don't you start off first? I'm Jennifer Oliver. I am 34, almost 35 years old. I have two kids. Deanna is three and a half, and Bryson will be a year on Wow. Okay. Uh, Cherry? I'm Cherry Christensen. I'm 32. I have one daughter, Callie, and she will be a year in just a couple of days. <laughs> and I'm Annie Hall, and I am 36, almost 37. <laughs> that is not okay. And I have one daughter. She has just turned one years old. Well, ladies, welcome back to the show. Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, 
so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. So here's a question from one of our listeners. This is from Stacy from Connecticut. My son is a week old. When he was born, he had a difficult time latching onto my nipple, so the nurse gave me a nipple shield to use. It's now seven days later, and I cannot get him to latch without it. He tries, latches on for 20 seconds, and then just starts screaming and jerking his head back and forth. Are there any tips you can provide? This is so frustrating for both me and him. Hi, Stacy from Connecticut. This is Andrea Blanco, International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. Congratulations on your baby's birth, and I'm so sorry you're having difficulty. It sounds like the hospital nurse may have picked up on some difficulty you and your baby may have been having and offered the nipple shield as a means of helping the baby latch on. Unfortunately, as you are experiencing, nipple shields are hard to wean off of, especially if the baby and the breastfeeding have not been properly evaluated by an international board certified lactation consultant. The first step to overcoming your breastfeeding difficulties is to see an IBCLC who can gauge why a nipple shield was introduced and then follow its use and the baby's progress at the breast closely as you try to wean off. In the meantime, lots of skin-to-skin contact during times unrelated to feeding, like naps on your chest, will help. Hope this helps. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on The Boob Group, we're discussing what Annie, Jen, and Cherry's breastfeeding experiences have been like during their baby's 12th month. So ladies, I always like to open it up with this question just to hear what, what breastfeeding has been looking like for the past month. So what what is it like to breastfeed an 11 to 12 month old and what does your breastfeeding relationship look like right now? Cherry, how about you? I feel like I'll answer the same question the, the same way every single time. I feel I need to go back and listen to the last couple of episodes, but... Um, <laughs> It's no, it's good. You know, Callie's still not eating. She, I, my husband says we're not doing a good job, like trying to encourage her. But you know, she seems disinterested every now and then. Yesterday, she had some melon, so it was. Uh, when I say she had some melon, it, it touched her lips. Her tongue <laughs> may have licked it a little bit. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, so so breastfeeding a, a twelve, an almost twelve month old, kind of looks the same as a eleven month old, as a six month old, as a two month old for me. Um, so yeah, and and it's just. Um, it's still a little frustrating. We still deal with her not really wanting to take anything from the bottle, which I thought we had kind of dealt with. I thought she was doing okay. And I discovered that when we came back from our vacation last month, my husband wasn't being completely um, honest with me about just how how little she was taking from the bottle because the other day he said oh she had a great day and she took six ounces and I was like 
wait, she took six ounces and that was a great <laughs> day. Like what's happened? I'm like, that explains a lot. So um, yeah, it's still breastfeeding her kind of around the clock when I am home, sort of from, you know, five, six in the evening until I leave to go to work the next morning and all night long. She's probably rooting around in the bed right now looking for this boob that's not there because I'm here. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm loving it and I'm having a good time and she's happy and, and so we're, we're doing well. Fantastic. How about you, Annie? Um, so this last month, I think we kind of started to wean a bit. She let go of her middle feeding. I think I talked about that um, last time. And so I just stopped pumping at work, and, and that's glorious. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then uh, one day she just kind of got up and started walking around, so I just didn't breastfeed her in the morning. And I started thinking about, okay, well, I'll just do – Nighttime is what I'll go towards. And then recently, last week, I think she started teething and she was really needy in the morning. So she just popped on every morning. Um, and now it's kind of sporadic. Jessie put her down without giving her anything and she was completely fine. So I know she it's more just her comfort thing. So that makes me feel more comfortable about when she doesn't get it. And, and um, obviously, I know that it's not really sustaining her because she's eating food like crazy. So um, we're kind of in the weaning stage this morning she didn't have any milk and so I'm trying to just get to the nighttime routine and that's a lot too for me I'm not ready to let go and I was thinking about it last night that um, I thought I was going to be the mom that was all right this is here's the time you know 12 months let's go and I'm just go with the flow and I'm kind of taking her cue which is feels really comfortable and great so that's where I am awesome how about you Jen I think I'm exactly the same as Annie so um I think that Bryson has a hollow leg. He's <laughs> eating, and I'm not sure where it's going because he's not particularly huge. So he eats a tremendous amount during the day, more than my toddler does. And um, and I don't, so I don't breastfeed at all during the day. He's not interested in it. Um, sometimes he's interested when he first sees me, um, and he kind of like pounds at my chest with his both hands. Um, but then if I get him to latch on, then he's not interested in actually saying my song. He just kind of like looks at me and he goes, yes, the boob is there, and then he's interested in other things. So, so I've kind of stopped responding to him, which, is, which feels a little odd because with my first child, as soon as she wanted boob, she could have it, and she would stay on. So it was just sort of this understanding that the both of us had, which was that it's always available to her and that I knew that when I made it available, she would actually breastfeed. But Bryson, Bryson doesn't do that. He kind of sometimes will check to see that it's available to him, but then he's not actually interested in breastfeeding. So now I would say the only time that we really have real feeding are once in the morning and then maybe once in the evening. And they're really short. I don't think my supply is up. I think I'm actually probably providing him with maybe a couple ounces. And um, I don't pump during the day anymore. I don't pump at work, which is fabulous. I think I might actually be done with pumping for the rest of my life. <laughs> I will no longer feel like a cow. So, so I, I, I feel like you know that we're at the weaning phase. I don't, I don't think this is going to be much longer before he's completely off. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing. It's really interesting. You know, I, I knew when I started this series that I, I was like, okay, I hope everyone can make it to a year. I didn't want anyone to feel like, you know, we had this goal kind of set. And so well, it's I, awesome yeah. that everyone's in, you know, in different stages and everyone, even though they're in the weaning process, they you t- totally all made it to the first year. I, well, I remember when you first, you know, spoke to me about it and you said, you know, there's no pressure. You don't have to, you know, if no, no pressure, no judgment if we don't make it to a year. Um, but then I was thinking, well, I've got to at least make it to a year now. <laughs> it's going to be a boring radio show. <laughs> Maybe everyone should have series. Yeah. <laughs> well, so and that kind of leads into my next question, Cherry. So over the past 12 months, everyone, of, all three of you have dealt with some sort of breastfeeding challenge or hiccup. So what has your biggest challenge been this year? And ha- what do you think helped you persevere through it? Um, Cherry, you want to start yeah. off? Yeah, I think um, there have been certainly like sort of ups and downs over the past 12 months. I don't think anything can compare to that that first I was gonna say that first month but really it was like the first 12 weeks yeah. were, were rough mm-hmm. you know things got better and then they got worse and then something else came up and so dealing with the Raynaud's and the vasospasms and just sore nipples and just all of that the oversupply it was there were so many things going on and they were all happening at the same time and I, I think it's I'm, I don't have a any doubt in my mind that if I wasn't as determined as I was before I even, um, you know, had my daughter, that I wouldn't have gotten through that. And I, I definitely understand now why people don't get through things like that. But so I think those were definitely, despite everything else, those were definitely the hardest times. And that it, once, once things got better, even if something came up, it was never as bad as it had been. And so that helped frame things for me and give me a little perspective. You know, if you ask me, well, what's been like the last six months versus the first six months, definitely working and pumping has been the challenge, but you can't even compare like the irritation and frustration uh, of pumping to the pain and and sort of just emotional turmoil that yeah. was in the first, you know, in the first couple of months. So, yeah. How about you, Annie? Well, I'm glad that you said something about pumping because I wasn't going to talk about pumping, <clears throat> but I think there were two things for me. Um, of course, the first few months, I had no idea that I would be challenged through that process. Um, You just think you have the baby and then here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody talks about it, but that's okay. Um, And then, uh, so I think the first biggest challenge was going back to work and pumping and not feeling um, comfortable with that and not having a private office and and, um, just feeling homesick during, during that whole um, putting this foreign thing on me and being in this place. And so getting comfortable in my body, getting comfortable as a mom and working, and that kind of all goes together. I can't disconnect it. And then secondly, the vasospasm process, or I'd say process, it's so, it's, it hurt. Um, so I, I think that that was definitely a challenge. And, and again, if I wasn't as um, feeling like I wanted to persevere to 12 months, I probably would have, that would have been an easy point to say, forget it, I'm done. Well, I think the thing that helped me too was that it didn't last forever. You know, in those first couple of weeks when I was doing all this research and still trying to figure out what it was and when I first had this sort of inclination and I don't even know if I'd seen you yet, Robin, about this and I, I, we we'd talked but you hadn't actually been able to see my nipples and reading online I've just read these stories of women who just said you know what it never went away and mm-hmm. he, I'm seven months postpartum and I'm still dealing with it or some woman who wrote and said you know I breastfed till my son was 14 months and it went away 
when I stopped. And I so in my head, I was really just prepared for it to be that whole time. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not this, I'm not going to let this stop me. And so the fact that, you know, some people say, oh, my gosh, you had that for 12 weeks. But I'm like, yeah, it was only 12 weeks. Like now I can say that. And yeah, sort of hindsight, I can say, well, it didn't last the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. How, how about you, Jen? What, what, do you, what would you say was the most kind of challenging thing that you dealt with? And how did you get through it? You know what I was just thinking about? I think because this was my second, the first 12 weeks were hard, but they weren't as hard as they were with Fiona. I remember with Fiona just crying and, like, gripping my toes and my hands and, and like, powering through some of the breastfeeding, thinking, oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. Um, and, um, and I didn't have that with Bryson. So the first 12 weeks was challenging, but they weren't, it wasn't as difficult, and I also also had always in my head um, that this passes fast, and I could feel that through the whole process. Like, this passes fast. Oh, it's hard again. I'm surprised that it hurts again, but this goes by fast. Um, and then, I, so when I think about Bryson and the most challenging, um, I don't think about the first 12 weeks. I think I think about the fact that it was different, and that was challenging. It's having the, the expectations that I have from feeding Fiona, and that those expectations were really only for Fiona, and I was trying to apply them to Bryson, and and it didn't work the same. It wasn't the same experience with Bryson, um, and I think I had I, I I constantly came to a place where I had to sort of face that um, that assumption that I was having and realize, oh, I have to let it go. You know, I he doesn't need it in the same way. Um, he doesn't respond the same way. Um, so that was probably the most challenging, and looking back at it, um, I think challenging because I had to face it over and over and over again um, and realize that it was a very different experience for my life. Absolutely. It's so interesting how different children are. Even, they come from the same parents. And there is something to be said about that whole nature versus nurture thing because it, they require different parenting styles. They require different breastfeeding styles. And just our expectations, it's hard to it, – we think it's going to be the same, and it totally isn't. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up, Jen, because that, that's such a valid, valid point as well. Um, so now on the flip side, what, beyond these challenges, what what have you loved most about breastfeeding? Annie, do you, do you mind if we start with you? No, that's okay. I, I think what I love most is that it's mine. <laughs> that I was thinking the same thing. It's yeah. not It's not Jesse's. It's not the people that watch Ellie. It's just mine, and, and I, I get to um, – go to work and come back and that's just mine and no one else can do that so that's been such a sweet time for me during this I think you know first having a first child and having to to work full-time cool how mm-hmm. about you cherry yeah I was thinking the exact same thing that at the end of the day this is something that it's a relationship that she's ever gonna have only ever gonna have with me and even, you know, I, I hope to have other children and I'll have a relationship with them, but it won't be the same. You know, it'll be I'm sure it'll be wonderful, but there's just this is this relationship that we have and it's just so special. And, you know, you <laughs> and you mentioned something about not feeling like a cow anymore. And it's funny because lately I've been feeling a little bit like a cow, even without <laughs> pumping. 
<laughs> because I come home from work and she will claw at me. Like sometimes, you know, she'll be on the ground and I'll just get down on the all fours and kind of sneak around the corner and just see how long it takes her to notice me. And I'm on, I'm on like my knees because I want to kind of be at the same level as her. And yesterday she just came rushing up to me and it wasn't like, you know, oh, hey, mommy's home. How are you? It was, she was just clawing at my shirt, <laughs> literally trying to pull it off, trying to latch on. And this is what she does every single day when I come home from work and it, it, it can be hard the fact that she's so reliant on me but I think that's also what's been so wonderful and so amazing is that um, she is so reliant on me and this is something that, that only we have and you mentioned working full time and I remember being a couple of weeks postpartum and reading a book and it actually sp- it was about nursing nursing moms and it actually spoke about how that many women despite the fact that there's this misnomer that you need to stop breastfeeding when you go back to work that in actual fact the opposite is true that it can make it much easier for someone to go back to work because you still have this bond and no matter how long you're gone for at the end, you know at the end of the day when you come home you can just pick it up and it's seamless and it's it's nothing can replace that and I have absolutely felt that you know it's been the one thing that's made I think working full-time a lot easier so very cool how about you Jen yeah I mean I was just thinking all the same thing and then I was also thinking of just the actual process of like reading and how much I love it how much I love it how how I feel like it brings us so close together physically um but as well you know emotionally and and mentally and and just the process of breastfeeding I I I would do it, you know, so much longer with Bryson if he was interested and 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 wanted to, and and I would I I, I had a conversation with a son the other day who, you know, seemed like she was a little bit flippant about breastfeeding, like oh, you know, I'm going to try it, but we'll see how it goes, and and I just kept I said I can't I can't tell you enough that you need to go into it knowing that it's going to start hard because. If you know that, if you know that it's going to be hard at the beginning, then you can get through it, and you'll get to the best part of it. And then, it, and I'm just telling you, like, trust me in this. It is the most beautiful thing that you can do, and and it'll it'll make you feel um, so incredible as a mother. But if you you know go into it just sort of with this attitude of you know, oh, I'll try it, but if it's hard, you know, I might have to fall out. Um, then, then you you'll miss out on sort of one of the best things I think about having an infant and having a baby. Um, it's just it's so special, and I wish that everybody got to experience it, and not everybody can. And so I feel fortunate, and I also want to urge everyone else to just really try and make it happen because after you get through those first twelve weeks, it does get easier, it does get better, and it's just it's really an amazing gift that we that we as mothers can provide. It's uh, a perfect way of putting it, Jen. Um, okay, well, when we come back, uh, we will continue talking with Annie, Jen, and Cherry about um, some of their thoughts on weaning for the ladies who have started this weaning process and what they feel most proud of as they're approaching their baby's first birthdays. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
Well, welcome back. Today we're talking with Annie, Jen, and Cherry about breastfeeding during their baby's 12th month. So um, one of our Facebook followers, Debbie, had a question for you all. And sh- what she wanted to know was, if you would you do anything differently, um, you know, another time around or just kind of looking back at how things went? Is there anything that you would want to do differently or did it kind of just pan out the way that you had hoped? Jen, you want to take that one first? Yeah, I can take it first. Unfortunately, nothing came to me. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no, that's good. So you would have done it exactly the same way you did? I think so. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I guess in a way I sort of had a second chance to do things differently. And I think I did them exactly the same as I did the first in the sense of, you know, I really took all my cues from, from um, Fiona or from Bryson. Um, I went into it with um, with all of my effort and all of my heart and um Gosh, I can't. I can't think of anything I would do differently, except for maybe try and find better places to pump when I was at work. Because that was a bad situation. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I ever talked about the situation where some kids walked in on me. <laughs> I actually um, think that you should talk about uh, where you sit when you breastfeed. I mean, uh, where do you sit pump. when you pump, Jen? Oh my God, I sit at my desk, which is an open desk. There's no cubicles. <laughs> Everybody can just sit there. And actually, my coworker literally sits right behind me. Awesome. So she just, when we turn and talk, I have, you know, literally <laughs> talked to her while I'm pumping. And she's like, it never gets normal. <laughs> no. I do remember hearing the that. I feel like. You've been doing this. This is the second child. She's like, and it's still awkward. Oh my God. That's so funny. Well, how about you, Cherry? Is there anything you would have done differently? You know, I don't, I don't think so. I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't like to live with, with regret. So I don't, I don't spend time thinking about, you know, well, I could have done this, so I could have done that. And all of the, the issues that I had were really unavoidable and really weren't things that I had within my control. I had no way of knowing um, that I was going to have so many of those issues. I couldn't really control the fact that I had um, the supply that I did. People would kill to have the supply mm-hmm. that I did. So, you know, I can't I can't complain. Um, 12 months and I'm, I'm still donating um, breast milk. I'm donating to two different moms this afternoon. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's definitely it's it's almost something that keeps me pumping, even though I need to pump for Cali. It's almost something where I just think, you know, if I could even if I didn't need to, I, I wonder if I would keep pumping if it means meant that I could help someone else get to their goal of, of giving their child breast milk for a year. So um, I don't know that I would change anything. I think I have one stupid little thing that I might change. <laughs> I don't know if it's really related, but among many of the things that I did to try and treat the Raynaud's was I went rushing off to go get acupuncture, which everyone swore would help me. And they told me it was, you know, could be caused by a hormonal imbalance. And so we're regulating your hormones. And hello, my cycle came back at eight weeks postpartum, which oh. I like to blame on that acupuncture <laughs> just got everything working so well, um, which probably was part of the reason why I I did get better at at 12 weeks. But that kind of sucked because I thought that I was supposed to have this like lovely, you know, vacation from getting my my period for like a year or two years. Especially since you bed share and you nurse all day, like all night. And no pacifiers and no bottles and no nothing for like months and months and months. And yeah, eight weeks. So maybe Ah. maybe nine. Um, Oh, that's right. So yeah. So sometimes I wonder, I'm like, would I have sucked it up and (laughs) had the pain a little bit longer? Probably not. So yeah, so I don't think that there would be anything that I would change. Okay, how about you, Annie? I think it would just be related to um, seeking help. So I I feel so supported and every month we get together and we get to talk about our things. So if I was someone who wasn't getting together um, and talking about these things, I might not have brought up 
um, the vasospasm, I just would have dealt with it, which is totally my personality. So <clears throat> I would definitely have called my lactation consultant the minute I started seeing something different because it wasn't until I talked to you that you said, oh, well, that's that. You should do this, this, and this. And it was like a moment of freedom. Oh, <laughs> I can fix this? I don't just have to deal with this? So I would say that I would just seek help right away. Okay. And um, I do want to ask um, Annie and Jen a little bit about this weaning process. So you, you kind of alluded to it where you both are just kind of not necessarily offering as much and just kind of following your baby's lead and things like that. Is, is there anything else you want to add about how this weaning process has gone? Yeah, I think it, it's a little, um, you said, you know, did did, did our breastfeeding experience um live up to our expectations. And I don't know if I had any expectations other than I thought it was going to be easy. <laughs> um, sort of knowing in my head that it would be hard in the beginning, but you don't really know until you feel it. Um, but uh, the weaning process, I just thought would be okay, like sort of like a schedule, or at least that, that's how I thought I would handle it. Um, so um, I, I think that the, sort of it feels just right to just sort of follow her lead. And um connect with her and when she's fine and on and running around then I don't have to and so that sort of it's all happening naturally which feels right yeah so I like that I don't I'm not setting a schedule to force her on something which feels right cool how about you Jen yeah I think I, I think the same I think the the only difference is that I feel like I am pulling away a little bit during the daytime and it's really just because of my frustration with his process which is that he'll sort of pound on me to have some uh, a breastfeeding moment but then my experience has been that then he'll actually breastfeed for like literally a second and then he'll be like oh I'm looking away I'm looking away and then I'll keep trying and trying and trying and finally I give up so I think the only thing that that's happening is I do feel that I'm pulling away you know which is feels a little contrary to kind of what he's asking for at that moment but I kind of know that or at least I'm I think I know that he doesn't actually want to breastfeed. He actually just wants to check to see if my boobs are still there. Um, <laughs> he so. just anywhere, right? They're still there? Okay, I can keep going. He just sounds like totally, a typical dude. I mean, honestly, he doesn't even, I mean, he doesn't even wait till there's a letdown or anything. He just, he's just checking to see if they're there and then yeah. he wants to do something else. Jen, I think so. you have, I think you have a player on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I've seen him interact with other little little girls. That's right. And he just wants to make sure that they're there. All right. Keep following me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Too, too funny. Well, Cherry, Leslie from Facebook had a question specifically for you, and she wanted to know how long you thought you were going to, you know, continue breastfeeding. Have you, now that you've met your goal of a year and you had also talked about maybe moving to, you know, setting your goal for two years. Have you even set a goal or are you just kind of riding with it? I kind of, I've, a little bit of both. I think at the beginning, um, I kind of had four goals in mind. And technically, I've only met one of them so <laughs> far. And those four goals were um, make it to six months. But, you know, I kind of was like, all right, at the bare minimum, let's see if I can if I can get it to six months. Then my second goal was I'd love to make it to a year. The third goal was, you know, once I get to a year, I'd, you know, let's see if we can get to two. And then the fourth goal was to go as long as we both, you know, as mutually desirable. And um, the third and fourth goal, you know, 
Well, I guess the fourth goal could have been any time, really. That there's no time limit attached to that because you know she might decide she's done. Kind of like Bryson is just not interested. She could decide she's done at twelve months. She could decide she's done at three. I I really don't know what that looks like. In retrospect, I think I was just thinking about this yesterday. I was like, there was really a fifth goal because in those early weeks, I kind of was like, okay, just get through today. Like, every day, it was like, I just need to get through today. I just need to get through like this two a.m. feeding. That's always like the bane of me, where I would be crying and hysterical. But um, so, yeah, so now that I've made it to, to one year, I, I'm definitely keep going. I, I don't have a set number in mind because I don't want to feel like put this pressure on myself that it's two years and then I don't get to two years. And I feel like I let myself down because if I made it to 18 months, like that's incredible. You know, I think someone who makes it to 18 days is wonderful. So I don't want to I don't even though. In my head, I'm thinking, gosh, I'd love to make it to two or I'd love to go as long as she wants to. I, I don't want it to be something where I ever feel like I, I let myself down or I let her down. And the one thing that's actually going through my mind now is, you know, I do want we do want to have another child. And what I'm wondering is, you know, when's the right time for that? And if I'm still breastfeeding Callie, what is that going to look like? Because we talked about things that we would change and not having any control over a lot of the things we experienced. Well, what's going to happen to my milk supply during a pregnancy is a perfect example of something I probably don't have that much control over. And so that's something that that may, you know, may impact. I'd be happy to nurse through a pregnancy. I would be happy to tandem nurse. In fact, I would love to. I don't know if that's in the cards. So we'll see. I do want to mention um, just not really off topic, but, you know, since Callie has been even working on solids and she hasn't been super excited about them yet and she's coming upon this year. um, I have a very good friend in San Diego who sees a pediatrician also in San Diego and her daughter is also exclusively breastfed up to 12 months and just had her year um, birthday and is still not eating solids. And her pediatrician said, look at her weight, look at how she's doing, just keep trying. Like it, And no pressure whatsoever. I'm so glad that you are continuing to breastfeed because she's getting everything she needs. So yeah. I did want to share that because yeah. I'm sure yeah. you're probably getting similar feedback or here and there. But yeah, for the, for the most part, I mean, I, I it's one of those things. It's kind of like having a baby at home. You just don't volunteer that information <laughs> in a group of strangers. Um, yes, no, I'm just going to have it on the floor in my bedroom. Um, <laughs> you know, I so, thought the bathtub looked quite nice. Yes. So it's one of those things that, you know, there are some people who know and people are like, wait, what? She's still not eating? But, you know, she's almost triple her birth weight and she's not even 12 months. She's doing great. She's super healthy. She's never really been sick. Um, there's, I don't really see anything to, to worry about. My, my pediatrician, when I saw him at nine months, didn't seem very, you know, didn't seem very concerned. And I, I have a really good friend and I've kind of taken her lead on on everything um, throughout my pregnancy and, and throughout my first year. And her daughter just really wasn't interested until 14 months. And then one day she just kind of like woke up and was like, oh, food. And it, it was on her own time and her own schedule, just the same way babies choose to wean when, they, when they're when they ready. So And potty train. And potty train, exactly. <laughs> so uh, this is just one of those things where I found myself, you know, we always wanted to do baby-led weaning. And I've, I find myself sometimes being, yeah, take it, take it, you know, trying to like force this little piece of something in her mouth. And then I stopped and think I'm like that's totally against everything that I'm trying to do I don't want it if she doesn't want it she doesn't want it you know I don't have to force breast milk down that's for sure so we'll we'll just take it as it take it as it comes so but we might I might be back here I'll cry if I'm back here at two years telling you <laughs> she's not eating solid I've never met an adult that didn't eat eventually so exactly. I'm not, I'm well not and that's worried. the thing too is that it's not like you're um 
not disciplining your child, like you're you're in a place where you're being too lenient or you're um, letting your child do whatever they want and take over the house. Yeah. It's 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 all about a connection with you. Yeah. It's respect and it's it's respecting her process exactly. and your relationship with you. So exactly. I think it's beautiful. Well, one last one last question for you all before we end our show today. What what has been your most favorite part of motherhood? Now, it doesn't have to be breastfeeding related at all, but just we've been getting to know you all for the past year and just curious, what what have you enjoyed the most? I don't I don't know. I mean, you said it doesn't have to be breastfeeding related, but I definitely think breastfeeding is is one of it. I mean, I don't think you can come and get up at the crack of dawn every, you know, third or fourth Saturday and come and talk about breastfeeding if it's not something that you love and you're <laughs> passionate about. So, um, I, I really think that's been one of my favorite things. I think I've just um, discovered this whole sort of like community of, of moms that have just been such a great sense of support for me, you know, both in person in real life here in San Diego as well as online. And um, I've, I feel like I've just had so much support throughout this whole process. And I think just I... I always knew that I was going to love being a mom. I really, really did. I never had any doubt about that, but you never know, you know, and I just, like, I have friends who, who they, they love their kids, they love being a mom, but they don't, you know, they're happy to, to work. They would rather work for me. I would rather be home with her, and I'm I'm not because I, I can't right now, but I didn't want to say, oh, I know that for sure when I have my baby, this is what's going to be like, because you just never know. And I don't want to eat my words. But now that I'm there and I'm in that place, I just, I love her more than I could ever possibly imagine. Like, I never, ever thought that that was possible. You hear it, but you don't, you know, you don't really, until you're experiencing it. And, um... And I remember someone saying to me, oh, you know, just make sure you don't, you know, lose your identity and disappear into just being mom. And I think I'm so much more than just mom. But if that's all that I was, that would be okay with me as oh, for right now. You made me cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and there's so many. And I've been, you know, I've been volunteering as a doula and I've been studying breastfeeding and I work and I have a full time job and I have my family and all these different things. But if all I did was just be her mom, like that would be enough. You know, that would be that would be amazing. So I thank you. That's I've, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Annie. Well, well I know no. I'll choke up. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to cry. I, I want to say that there's two things. So one is sort of just related to me personally that the role of being a mom is is perfect. It's it's what it's supposed to be in my life in in the role of the woman that I'm I'm becoming in this life. So that in and of itself, I didn't know what to expect for that feeling. Um, and then two, I think my favorite thing is is falling in love. I didn't know that it would be like falling in love. I, I just thought you would have this emotion when you see your baby, then you, they're breastfeeding and it's you, you love them. No, it was this process of falling in love with this human being and, and uh, adding her life and her light and love into my world. Um, and so I think it just speaks to just the whole concept of love in life, just that there is our we can expand so much and in that and and so adding her into this is just unbelievable cool thank you how about you jen i i love that you said that i think the expanding is it's amazing our capacity for love it's amazing because when i had fiona and i was pregnant with a second child i kept thinking how am i ever going to love the second child. I was thinking I the exact same thing when Annie was saying yep. that too. I just, I, I honestly didn't know how it was going to be. I actually thought it was unfair. I thought it was unfair for this new baby to be coming into this environment because there's not going to be enough love left. 
because I am so in love with my, my first child. Um, and, um, and then I had him and then I, of course I fell in love with him the first moment, but as Annie said, I just, the, I, it just builds and builds and builds. And honestly, I am so in awe at our capacity to love and how much love there is. Um, and I could have two, three more, and I would love them as much. Um, and maybe I want two, three more. I'm not sure. <laughs> but what? I, Garrick, are I, you listening? Uh, what? Wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, honestly, I, I would love to have five, six kids. They are so amazing, and they're so beautiful, and they're, they fill my life with so much. Every day, every day, I feel so fortunate to have both of them. And I feel so lucky. And then I also realized that I only have two bedrooms in our house and uh, <laughs> not enough money <laughs> to send them all to college. So maybe I won't have five. But but I I I'm gonna miss this time. I'm I, I'm realizing that on June 18th, um, Bryson will turn one, and then I'll no longer have an infant in my house. I'll no longer have a little baby, and he starts to enter into this next phase of walking and talking and I'm really sad about that I really love babies (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we were just here like I remember the day that I met Annie and Jen for the first time and I remember how we were kind of struggling to sit on these uncomfortable chairs with our sore bottoms like I remember (laughs) yeah I'm pretty sure I brought a donut (laughs) yeah I I remember we left and went into the other room to go grab pillows to come back and sit on I mean I just I remember that like it was yesterday you know and that was it was I guess it was about 11 months ago we're not we're not quite at a year yet but um, it, it just, it's hard to believe that a year has gone, gone by. And, and I was thinking the same thing, Jen, that I just like, oh, where's my little baby? You know, it's, I think it's time yeah. to, to start. Yeah. Pour me a drink, Annie. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're drinking in the studio, by the way, it's a celebration. No, I got to, I got to right, 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 right. so. <laughs> Oh yeah. Let, let the breastfeeding woman drink. Absolutely. Right. That's, that's a good plan, Robin. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, Thank you so, so much, Annie, Jen, and Cherry, for chatting with us about breastfeeding your baby during his or her past year. It's crazy. I can't believe that the series is actually over. Um, It has been an absolute pleasure sharing these recording days with you, and we are so thankful for your dedication to the show and your candidness with which you share your experiences with our listeners. So as a thank you, we have a beautiful bouquet of flowers that no one can see, but you get those. We've obviously been drinking mimosas. Sorry, Jen. (laughs) And um, also, each of you will be getting um, a year a free year subscription to Parent Savers, which we hope maybe you'll join us on that show as well. And Thank you. Yeah, and um, and a CD with all of all twelve of your episodes, so that way you oh, can wow. you can keep them for your baby. That. So that cool. way she and he can listen to you guys talking about your experiences with oh, them when I they get older. Yes. I, I tell you, that was that was one of the things I was most excited about. And as someone who mm-hmm. last night had this epiphany that Callie will be a year, and not only have I not filled out a single page of a scrapbook but I have not written a word in the pregnancy book that I bought <laughs> nine months of emptiness in that book I'm like this is this is an easy way to kind of have a little keepsake absolutely <laughs> although you might want to download it on your computer too because my thought is what if we don't have cds when they want to listen yeah. to this in 20 years but still so mom you have a cd exactly. oh my gosh what is that old school I know Do you hang it from a tree <laughs> all right and so for our boob group club members our conversation will continue at the end of the show as Annie Jen and Cherry will be discussing one last thing about where they found their best breastfeeding support over the past 12 months. For more information about our
our boob group club, please visit our website at theboobgroup.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Before we wrap things up, here's Wendy Wright talking about breastfeeding tips for the working mom. Hi, Boo Group listeners. I'm Wendy Wright, an internationally board-certified lactation consultant and owner of Lactation Navigation in Palo Alto, California. I'm here to answer some of your most common questions about returning to work as a breastfeeding mother, such as, are there tricks to using my breast pump at work? There certainly are, and let's review a few. The first thing I'd like to recommend is to set up a pumping routine and try to stick to it as closely as possible. By a pumping routine, I mean the times of day when you will typically pump while at work. For example, 10 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m., Evenly spread throughout the day will allow you to produce as much milk as possible. By sticking as closely as possible to these times each day, your body will adjust and will learn to provide milk for the pump at those times. A little flexibility is okay, 30 minutes either side, but to get the most milk each day, try to stick as closely as possible to your pumping schedule. I'd also like to recommend that you practice pumping while on maternity leave. Learn which settings work best for you, learn how long it takes you to set up and take down, and even learn the times of day which are most productive for your body. This way you'll have no surprises when you return to work. I'd also like to recommend that you relax as much as possible while pumping. Your body will have an easier time letting down and relaxation will also help you save up your strength for the rest of the day, making milk and then providing it for your infant at home. I'd like to also recommend that everyone purchase a hands-free bra. These are available at many retail centers and they simply allow you to hold the pumping phalanges to your breast without the use of your hands. Then you'll have your hands available to drink coffee, um, a nice relaxing glass of herbal tea, have a healthy snack, and also for breast compression, compressing breasts while pumping can increase the amount of expressed milk that we get from each pumping session. Remember to pump for approximately 15 minutes every three hours and to maximize your pump settings by going as high as possible in the suction mode without pain will help you get the most from each pumping session. Thanks for listening today, and please visit www.lactationnavigation.com for great information about my business, Lactation Navigation. And be sure to listen to the Boo Group for fantastic conversations about breastfeeding and breastfeeding support. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, expecting parents, <laughs> and our show, Parent Savers, for moms and dads with newborns, infants, and toddlers. Coming up next week, we have a bit of celebrity on the show. Jessica from The Leaky Boob will be here chatting about traveling with her breastfeeding child, or with the breastfeeding child. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. 
has been a new Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.